Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading another episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry, and let's just dive right in, because this is going to be a quick one. I didn't think I'd have time to do a podcast this week. I'll be honest with you. I was traveling for the holiday season, and then I've been kind of playing Mr. Mom this week, so I didn't think I'd get an opportunity to hop on the mic this week, but there's just been too much going on in college football for me to not at least give you some of my thoughts. And so I'll go ahead and do a quick podcast here for you all right now. Hopefully next week I can get back into regular season form, but we'll just have this quick podcast here for you right now to enjoy this little morsel of content for you. So we'll go ahead and recap my week 13 locks in the ACC. I had NC State over UNC and NC State got the victory 34 to 30 and man, they made me proud to be a Wolfpack fan. NC State beat North Carolina for the first time since 2018, if you can believe it or not. North Carolina was up 30-21 to late in the fourth quarter, and they were playing spoiler to NC State, who looked to keep its hopes of an ACC Atlantic Division title alive. NC State scored two touchdowns in 26 seconds to keep their hopes alive a little bit longer before Wake Forest stashed any chance they had by beating Boston College like they stole something the next day. Before, for 24 hours, I was a huge Boston College fan. And so that game kicked off and Boston College was getting beat silly by Wake Forest. I'm proud of NC State for finishing the season off the way they did. I mean, they went 9-3. and three. That's nothing to sneeze at. But when they had an opportunity to beat Wake Forest straight up, they could have controlled its own destiny if they had beaten Wake Forest They could be the ones in the ACC championship game right now, but instead it's Wake Forest because Wake beat NC State. They did what they had to do. They took care of business. And it it hurts because NC State was so close to something that I thought I'd never see because Clemson, you know, had been so dominant for so long, their reign of terror in the ACC Atlantic. But Clemson's down this year. This was an opportunity for somebody else to emerge. Fortunately, NC State was in the mix for most of the season. But it does hurt a little bit that NC State couldn't have been the ones to be in the ACC championship game. Instead, it's Wake Forest, who had a phenomenal season. So shout out to the Demon Deacons. But damn, I, I what could have been, you know? Maybe next year. But anyways, I get the victory in the ACC. In the Big Ten, Michigan beat Ohio State. Finally, they beat them by a score of 42-27. to This was a beatdown. Running back Hassan Haskins matched a school record for Michigan with five rushing touchdowns, and Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks to break a single-season program mark. This all helped number 6 Michigan finally get that victory over the number 2 Ohio State Buckeyes, 42-47. to The victory gave Harbaugh his first win as a head coach against the Buckeyes. So, great win for Michigan. They keep their hopes alive of potentially making it to the college football playoffs. Who would have ever thought we'd be saying that statement? that Michigan could be in the playoffs. Certainly, it will come down to this weekend. They play a big one in the Big Ten championship game against Iowa, but if they win that game, they will be going to the college football playoffs. And boy, oh boy, 
That'd be huge for Jim Harbaugh and his Michigan Wolverine program. That's a great turnaround from when he first got to Ann Arbor. So we will see what will happen with Michigan's chances this weekend. They had snapped an eight-game losing streak to Ohio State. So tremendous win for the Michigan Wolverines. Like I said, the Wolverines now have a chance to win a Big Ten title for the first time since 2004 and a national championship for the first time since 1997. So there's a lot still on the line here for Michigan, but great win over Ohio State. I got that victory in the Big Ten. In the Big 12, ISU beat up on TCU. This was no game, no contest really for Iowa State. They got the victory 48-14. to in the Pac-12, Notre Dame beat up on Stanford 45-14. to That's a huge win for Notre Dame. We'll get back to Notre Dame here in a few minutes because they've had some big news. If you've been living under a rock <laughs> this past week, you probably don't know that news. But for everybody else, for all the rest of the world, you know that Brian Kelly is out of there. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. In the SEC, I got the victory, Bama over Auburn, 24-22. This game went to four overtimes. And there was at one point in this game, I was actually pulling for Auburn. I mean, I know I pick Bama to win this, this game, but seeing Auburn almost come away with the victory, dashing any hopes that Alabama would have had and making it to playoffs would have really given me a lot of hope that we'll see something new this year in the postseason as it pertains to the playoffs. I'm tired of seeing Alabama. I really am. And I'm actually very worried that even if they lose this weekend against Georgia, they will still somehow find its way into the playoffs. That's just what my head is telling me, that they could still potentially get in. This loss would have probably dashed any hopes they they would have had at that because I'm assuming they will lose to Georgia this weekend. So that would have been three losses. But Alas, Bama only has one loss right now at this point. If they lose to Georgia, they'll be uh, they'll have two losses of the season, depending on how they lose. So style points here. If they keep it close, you know maybe that will be a determining factor. If they still stay within the mix for the playoffs, if it's a blowout, you know I'm I'm not sure what the committee will do ultimately. But I would think if it's a blowout, you know they don't deserve to be there. Because even a two-loss Bama that gets blown out to Georgia might not be the best team, one of the best four teams in college football. But I'm not on the committee. I don't have a vote or a say. But I'm really curious what's going to happen this weekend. But last weekend, Bama came back. They beat Auburn 24-22. to This went to four overtimes. It was the first game in Iron Bowl history to continue past regulation, if you can believe that or not. There have been some good Iron Bowl games and this was the very first one to go to overtime, which is crazy. The game started with Bama trailing 10-0 until midway through the fourth quarter. And then they just started exchanging touchdowns. Um, and in the in the overtime, you know, exchanging touchdowns, of course, and two-point conversions. So it was a really thrilling game towards the end there. I was watching the game on my way to the Bulls game. I flew back to Chicago for uh, for 48 hours, pretty much. Uh, shout out to my baby mama. Shout out to my fiance for letting me duck away after Thanksgiving dinner to go back to Chicago. I went back to the Chicagoland area, played a Turkey Bowl game. It was the 25th annual Turkey Bowl with some of my best friends that I've grown up with when I was a little cherry picking in Chicagoland in Naperville, Illinois. 
We played football on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Then on Saturday, I took a few of my friends to the Bulls game. A treat of mine, a friend of mine works for the Bulls. So shout out to my buddy Andrew for hooking that up. But um, yeah, we were driving to the Bulls game and one of my buddies sat in the front seat in the passenger side. He held up his phone and we were watching the overtime game between Bama and Auburn. We we watched probably at least two series of overtime as my buddy, uh, my other buddy was driving us to the Bulls game. So he was watching the game while my other friend was holding the phone up. I'm not going to say any names here because I don't want to get anybody in trouble because he was technically breaking the law by driving us and watching the football game on his on my buddy's phone. But we made it there in one piece. We saw a crazy finish to the Auburn-Bama game. Bama gets a victory. I am 5-0 and this week in my locks. Overall, I'm 46-19, so that's tremendous. This week for Week 14 action, this is championship weekend. This is it, really. I'm going to give you my locks right now, right here. So in Week 14 action, in the ACC, I'm taking Wake over Pittsburgh. Both of these teams have been playing well all season. I think Wake Forest has got a little bit of magic to that team right now. The way they, they play, the way Sam Hartman is balling out, the quarterback for Wake Forest. I just think Wake it's Wake's time. I think they're going to win this weekend over Pitt. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Michigan over Iowa. It's been a long time coming for Michigan, for Jim Harbaugh, for Wolverine faithful. I think Michigan gets a victory over Iowa. Iowa's got 10 wins on the season right now. Iowa seems to always be in the mix somehow. You know, they get a 9, 8, 10 win season here and there, and it all is good. Kirk Ferentz is a good coach for that program. He's a great coach for Iowa, but I'm not sure that there's anything else left in the tank for Iowa this season. Michigan has been balling out. Michigan wants it this season, and I want them to have it. Taking Michigan over Iowa, I would love to see them in the playoffs. I would love to see them win a national championship to be honest i don't have any dogs in the fight right now michigan if they won that would be great for college football michigan is a blue blood program michigan has a great story a great history someday i would love to get up to ann arbor check out a game but right now i'm I'm putting all my chips in on michigan so they're going to beat iowa this weekend in the big 10 in the big 12 i'm taking ok state over baylor i think they roll this weekend over the baylor bears in the Pac-12, I'm taking Utah over Oregon. Utah's been playing well, and Oregon is unpredictable. They're unpredictable. And I, I just can't put my faith that Oregon is going to beat Utah. I think Utah is a great team. I think they're playing well. They're playing inspired football. They're playing for a purpose this season. They've had a couple of their players die tragically. I think it means more for Utah right now, so I'm taking the Utes over the Ducks. And in the SEC, I'm taking Georgia over Bama. I hope Georgia blows the doors off of Bama this weekend. Bama has had some close calls last week, for example, against Auburn. And then they had a close game the weekend before that against Arkansas. And then you know what happened to Texas A&M when they played them. So I think Bama has gotten extremely lucky. But if Georgia plays their game and plays how they've been playing all season, The dog should blow the brakes off of Alabama this weekend. And boy, would I love to see that. I'm taking Georgia over Bama. So there we have it, my friends. My week 14 locks in the ACC. Wake over Pittsburgh in the Big Ten. Michigan over Iowa in the Big 12. OK State over Baylor. 
In the Pac-12, Utah over Oregon. And in the SEC, Georgia over Alabama. So those are my Week 14 locks. Before we get out of here, because I told you this would be a quick one, because it it is going to be a quick one this week, just briefly want to talk about some uh, some of the news going on in college football. If you've been living under a rock and you don't know that Brian Kelly is gone from Notre Dame, well, now you do. Brian Kelly bounced out to LSU. It was a bombshell announcement. I mean, I can't really describe it any other way. It was a shocker for sure. Brian Kelly reportedly has signed a 10-year, $95 million contract to be the head coach at LSU. That seems like an extremely long time. 10 years is a very long time. Hell, he was at Notre Dame for 12 seasons, and he left the Irish as the winningest head coach in its program history with 113 wins in 12 seasons. And there's a quote here from Brian Kelly. This I got this from, I want to say, ESPN. And the quote is, and I quote, There was no plan in place as I entered the 2021 season that I was looking for another opportunity, Kelly told reporters during his introductory news conference in Baton Rouge. I had a great football team and we were developing, but you know when you get an opportunity to talk to LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodward and he presents a clear vision, the plan here, and the opportunity, it was an exciting vision for me to look at. As I got a chance to speak to more people about this opportunity, I just felt it was something that I had to take on, end quote. He says he had to take it on. It was a, he saw the vision. He liked where Scott Woodward was painting the picture and where it was leading to. It is shocking that Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame right now. I'm not saying that it's shocking that he left the program because he had been there for 12 seasons. That's that's a long time. And he was very successful. As I mentioned, he was the winningest coach in program history. Despite not having any national championships, he has the most wins. And I said this on an earlier podcast. I'm not sure what was left for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Sure, to win a national championship. But how likely would that have been at Notre Dame? I just think the landscape of college football is a lot different these days compared to the last time they won a national championship. I think he has done as much as he can at Notre Dame. I think he's hit the ceiling of where he's going to go at Notre Dame. And I think he was ready for a change. Honestly, 12, 12 seasons is very long. And he is very fortunate to be at one program for 12 seasons. Hats off. Because that's a huge accomplishment to be there that long and be so successful. He's had, what, like five 10-win seasons, six 10-win seasons, something like that. So that's tremendous. But was he going to win a national championship this season? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But they are in a great position to make the playoffs. They likely will make the playoffs after Georgia handles Alabama. And I'm assuming Bama will be out of it. Notre Dame should theoretically get a shot to make it to the playoffs since Kelly has announced that he he left and certainly we've seen the news of him at LSU and and everything kind of take place it sounds like the committee was saying you know we take into consideration the coaching changes and the coaching staffs and stuff at programs the changes that happen at programs that they're going to consider whether or not Notre Dame would even be worthy of making it to the playoffs so if they take that into consideration Brian Kelly not being there you know, how will that factor into whether or not Notre Dame makes it? I, I'm not sure. But the committee has that power and authority to to make that decision. So it's not a gimme that Notre Dame will be there. I think they deserve to be there. 11-1 record is pretty solid. 
It's just fascinating that he left while they still have a shot to make it to the playoffs. I listen to a lot of media, Chicago media, folks that I listen to on the air in Chicago think it's crazy that he left Notre Dame because for a long time, that was a destination program. There's probably only a few programs that when you when you make it to that program as a head coach or player, you've made it. You've made it in college football if you are at a Notre Dame or a Michigan, you know, or a Bama now, or Oklahoma. I would, I would have said Oklahoma was a dream job for, for many folks. USC is probably one of those schools as well. For me, it would be NC State, of course. But Notre Dame is one of the biggest programs in college football, if not the biggest brand, the biggest name in college football. And the fact that he's leaving, I think that surprised some. But as I mentioned earlier, he was there for 12 seasons. The only likely outcome for him would have probably been to get fired, if I'm being honest. Because how do you how do you leave that program? Unless you're going to go to the NFL, but I don't know if he's got the temperament to be an NFL coach or if he's got the patience to, to be an NFL coach. I mean, I, I don't know. And maybe he's not a good guy for leaving his team, abandoning his team, when they have a shot of making it to the playoffs. They're 11 and 1 right now and he bounced to LSU. I think expectations are going to be greater for Kelly at LSU. That's the SEC school. They play in a tough division of the SEC, but he won't have the constraints on him the same way he did at Notre Dame. Academically, uh probably morally, you know, there are things that LSU probably is more lax on specifically in regards to academics. But, you know, maybe he wanted a change of scenery. Maybe he just wanted the money. That's a pretty good payday. And he just wanted to do something new. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, we I read you his comments that he just said. This was an opportunity. He saw that vision. But, you know, that's, I think that's press speak, you know. That's a press conference speak he put on for the cameras. I don't know how he really feels. Because I think he had a tremendous opportunity to try to maybe win a game in the playoffs. He's been there before, though, and he's lost. He's lost to Alabama in the national championship game several years ago. So maybe he just hit a ceiling, and maybe he just knew it was time to go. And this was a, the opportunity to get him out. I It's going to take me a minute to see him as the LSU head coach, honestly. I think he would have been good for USC, but that was just my opinion. And so we'll see what he can do at LSU I'm just really kind of just waiting to watch and see what uh, what he can do there. But he's gonna have some some tough uh, tough expectations to try to meet here because Ed Olderon he just won the championship what two years ago, and now he is he has agreed to leave his post as head coach at LSU because things just weren't working out. They had an awful year last season. But of course, they would have an awful season. They had a lot of folks leave the program. They had a lot of graduations. Players went to the NFL, you know, Joe Burrow. So they lost a lot on that roster. So I think expectations should have come down that season, but he didn't get any sort of leeway. He didn't get any sort of, um, any sort of, uh, you know, it's okay, Ed. It's okay. You have this season, everybody left, COVID season. You know, we get it. There was no sort of uh, grace period there. And so I'm not sure what Brian Kelly is, is thinking that he's going to walk himself into. He's going to have a lot of work there. And, you know, good luck to you. 
that's what you want to do. But it's not going to be easy, and I think expectations are going to be sky high, and they're going to expect a lot from you. So I wish that guy luck. That's just a shame that he leaves Notre Dame, right, as they're getting ready to potentially make it to the playoffs. I can't imagine what his players feel like. And you can't tell me anything about players deciding to leave during the season or to redshirt to eventually leave in the, at the end of the season. Oftentimes I hear people call them selfish and whatnot. They're here. They're here for themselves. They have their own interests. But anytime you see this stuff where a coach is just going to up and bounce to another program when his team is still playing, he's the head coach. Like you need to be judging that guy more severely than you do these players. You need to hold that coach up to a higher standard than these these players. Because that's not fair to the team that you're just going to bounce out with no sort of repercussions from the NCAA. I'm going to bounce out to another program. See ya. It's been real. It happens all too often. It really does. And the players get a lot of, they catch a lot of heat for transferring out or going to another program. People calling them soft or they couldn't cut it. The competition was too much for them. They they couldn't cut it, so they just transferred out to the portal. I don't think it's fair. In this landscape of college football, you got to watch out for yourself. I mean, team first, sure. But when I see coaches bouncing out like this with no second thought of it, it's not fair, man. It's not fair at all. You need to judge these coaches to a higher standard. Another guy that bounced out this past weekend, Lincoln Riley. Another coach that bounced out from Oklahoma He's now the USC head coach. He bounced out after Oklahoma lost to Oklahoma State in the Bedlam series this past weekend. He got a, he got an opportunity to be the USC head football coach, and Lincoln Riley said similar comments as Brian Kelly. You know, he said, and I quote, "It was tough, especially coming off a game like that where our guys battled and played their hearts out. So much love for that team, those kids. I was thankful I got the chance to do it in person." Riley said before turning his attention to his new job at USC. The history and tradition of one of the greatest college football programs of all time, the city, the mecca of sports right here in LA. You can feel the energy and the passion. You can feel that these people are serious about doing anything and everything possible, Riley said. That combination was exciting to me because you start to really think about what this place can become and I'm thrilled to be a part of it, end quote. Lincoln Riley bounced out. There are some rumors around Lincoln Riley potentially becoming the front runner for LSU's opening, but he put uh, end to those rumors on Saturday night. He said that he was not going to be the next coach at LSU, and they eventually hired Brian Kelly. USC gives him a call. Lincoln Riley, he's a hell of a coach. I mean, he went what fifty-five and ten in five seasons at Oklahoma. He's a good coach. He knows how to get the most out of that team. Um, I think he'll be good for USC. I, I really do. It's just unfortunate that he leaves, you know, right before Oklahoma's bowl. But again, there are no rules in college football, really, when it comes to this stuff. So he bounced out. He got a better opportunity at USC, presumably. I think that's a great program. It's probably one of those programs, like I said, it's a destination program for somebody. That's where you end your career at USC. Oklahoma's a, a job where you could end your career as well, but with the move to the SEC, I don't know if that weighed into his decision at all to get out of there before they get beat up in the SEC. I don't like that move for Oklahoma or Texas, to be honest, especially after this season. I think they should have kept the little butts in the Big 12. Oklahoma had no reason to leave. 
they had been playing well for a very long time in the Big 12. And as of late, Oklahoma has been that program in the Big 12, but they're going to the SEC. Lincoln Riley said, I'm out of here. Peace. I'm not sure what Oklahoma is going to do, who they're going to hire as its next head coach. I think it's actually a little crazy that Bob Stoops is going to coach the bowl game for Oklahoma because what does that say for the staff that is still on payroll at Oklahoma? Like you didn't have anybody, any coordinators that would be ready to take that job or take that interim role, give them a tryout. You're going to bring in Bob Stoops, who was just a week ago broadcasting on Fox as an analyst. You pull this guy. He hasn't coached in several seasons. He's going to be the head coach for this bowl game. He doesn't know these players like that. I didn't like it when Barry Alvarez did that type of stuff. And I know he's a legend. And I know a lot of folks in Wisconsin probably don't agree with me. But at some point, you gotta let you got to let go. You had your run, Bob Stoops. You had your run, Barry Alvarez. Just move on gracefully. Move on. And I, don't, I can't say that Brett Bielema probably didn't feel a certain way. You know, it was his time at Wisconsin, and it felt like he was being overshadowed by Barry Alvarez. And maybe he wanted to get out. He's like, I got to go to Arkansas. I got to let me get this money at Arkansas. Let me do my own thing. I don't have Barry on me, and I get a fresh start. The same here. Bob Stoops is not a part of that program anymore. He was one hell of a coach. I'll give him that for that program. That Awesome coach. But your time has come and gone. Move on. Unless you're going to be the head coach next season, you're coming back out of retirement, say that with air quotes, then move on. You know, if that's what this is, then cool, so be it. But if not, if you're only doing this for one game, what is the point of that? What is there to to gain from this? I think it's a bad idea. I really do. And then lastly, Temple fired its head coach, Rod Carey. I've been covering this on my podcast for the last several podcasts. You can find those episodes if you were curious to listen to my thoughts on that. Rod Carey was a very good coach for NIU. I don't know why he came to Temple. I've said that before. I, I just don't, I didn't see it as a good fit. And now he's gone after three seasons. And Temple is now looking for a new head coach. So the new AD, Arthur Johnson, is on the hunt for a new head coach. They're going to use a search committee, a search firm. To help with that so hopefully i'll have more information to report to you all when we get closer to a decision about who that head coach will be maybe i'll be able to hit up that press conference again this year like i did for the last two press conferences for manny diaz and for rod carey so we will we will see about that but just wanted to call that out there have been some changes in college football these head coaching moves there may be some more that happen here but Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, that's a big one. Lincoln Riley to USC, that's another big move. So curious to see what shakes out the rest of the way here. This is championship weekend. I cannot wait to watch these games happen in week 14 action. I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. This was a quick one, but I had to get on the mic. I had to share my thoughts. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a friend to the Cherry Picking Podcast. Have a good weekend, y'all. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. 
And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.